Hi, you guys. This is your girl, Exotic Priestess, here. And if you're here with me, take a deep breath in and sigh out. Get in that relaxation mode as we talk about on this channel about astrology, tarot cards, spirituality, and anything, just anything in general. So sit back, relax, sip some wine or some water, puff your vape, or you can even take some CBD oil. It's up to you. And enjoy this exotic chill session. So what's up, you guys? This is your girl, Exotic Priestess, and I have some details for you. First and foremost, I am sipping, um, I'm sipping some type of dark liquor that my neighbor has given me, um, and it tastes really good. It actually have a sweet taste to it. I'm gonna ask her what the name of it when um the next time I see her. But anyways, Happy Saturn Return. Happy motherfucking Saturn return. And the thing is, the reason why I say happy Saturn return is because I have a lot to say about this planetary place, uh, this planetary alignment, this placement, uh, not placement, planetary alignment, excuse me. Um, and I definitely will be sipping my juice as I'm talking. So if this episode gets a little bit crazy, I apologize in advance. Just roll with me. Um, it's of course, as you guys know, my podcast episodes are never structured. I mean, for the most part, they're, they're not really structured. Usually they're not structured because look, (laughs) I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> it's not me. I'm sorry. It's not me. So anyways, sip. Mm. If you have your vape, pop your vape. If you have weed, smoke it. If you have um, all of it, like liquor, sip it. I mean, whatever. Just chill. Okay? Just chillax. So Saturn return. So basically uh, what happens during this placement um, first and foremost, this uh, this alignment actually happens from June first, June fourth, all the way to October twenty second, twenty second this year. I cannot speak today, and it has nothing to do with the liquor. But um, yes, um, of course, Mercury retrograde ended um, a while back, so now this is um, Saturn retrograde. So um, let me just tell you about Saturn retrograde. Saturn, um, the I believe, is the ruling planet of Aquarius and Capricorn. So basically, Saturn is a planet that's that has to do with karma. And y'all are probably asking, Erika, what are you talking about? Like, that's so general. No, I'm serious. It has something to do with karma. So basically, um, with this planet uh, planetary alignment i'm just going to tell you guys right now if you are someone who has done someone wrong whether it's from the past week whether it's from the past month year or few years you will definitely get it back maybe three times fold it will come right back on you to bite you in the ass and I'm telling you like this it will come back to bite you in the ass so be careful who you have treated wrongly and I'm not saying this in a sense of like I'm not saying this um to say that this will take a while to happen no during Saturn retrograde, this is something that will happen immediately. <laughs> um, and if it's something that hasn't, if it's something that has already been brewing, it's definitely going to happen around this time. Because um, I'm going to just tell you, in some people's situations, when it comes to Saturn retrograde, this has um, the, anybody who has done you wrong, they will get it back. And one group of people, um, it has been brewing 
until this planetary place uh, alignment. It has been brewing before this. It has been brewing. You guys have been brewing. And I'm not talking about revenge. Let me sip. I'm talking about karma. So when I say karma, I mean things happening to that person who has wronged you out of fucking nowhere. Out of nowhere, something happens. Out of nowhere, that person is going through some shit. Out of nowhere, the person may be going through the same thing you're going through, if not worse. I'm just saying. So, buckle up, basically. Buckle up. You will see this type of shit happening like when it comes to people doing you wrong. People, even for the people that have done you wrong years ago. Some of you may have, some of you may been, may have been, excuse me. Some of you may have been um, kind of just like, kind of feeling like you don't deserve to, to endure a situation where that person that has wronged you um, received karma or that karma that, you know, of them doing you wrong. Some of you are in a situation where you're like, you're waiting, like, what the hell is going on? Why is it taking so long for this person to get, you know, back how they've treated me? Why is this taking like months, years? Like, why is this taking so long? Like, what the hell is going on? For example, if you, um, this is just an example. If you pour your heart into someone, for um, if you're in a relationship with someone and you pour your heart into something, whether you're married, a regular, regular relationship or a friendship, whatever. If you pour all of your heart and soul into that person and they do you wrong, whether they betray you, whether they abuse you, whether whatever, whether they're narcissistic, it's going to come back on them from somewhere from someone, it's going to come back on them around this um, time period. So um, for ex uh, another example, um, if you're in a relationship with somebody or if you're married to someone and they betray your trust, they betray you, they betray your trust. And, and I'm not saying that the karma will happen to you because you're God's favorite. No, their actions that they have put out into the universe years ago, months ago, weeks ago, will come right back on them because karma is not necessarily God saying, I'm pissed off at you for hurting my child. You're going to get back in return unless you believe in that. Okay. Karma from a spiritual aspect is basically literally, it's literally their, the energy of their actions going out into the universe, into the ether, into, it's just out there and being returned, like just returning right back on the person. But the reason why it's like two or three times worse is because anything that touches the universe or a God, it, it becomes more heightened. <laughs> anything that touches God, it's like when you pray for something, when you pray to God for something, it is always way better than what you expected. Because once that prayer reach up to the universe or to God, God touches it, then it comes right back down. Okay. But the thing is, when it goes up to God, it has nothing to do with God being, you know, upset with the person. God is like, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm a part of you and what you're doing is wrong. So it's being reflected back to you times three. Because that's how powerful God is. That's how powerful the universe is. So um, with this Saturn return, it's going to be extremely heightened. Like people are not going to know what the fuck happened. Like people are going to be like, oh, you know. And the crazy thing is a narcissistic person will just think, like once it comes back to them, a narcissistic, a narcissistic person will think, oh, this is just bad luck. Oh, no, 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 honey. This is a tip of the iceberg. This is the very tip. What do you mean it's just bad luck? This is the tip. It's not finished with you yet. Like nothing, it's not finished. 
So, you know, not a threat, not, not you, not it being a threat, but people have to learn how to deal with their, the consequences of their actions also. And then number two, as much of karma, as much, um, let me just say it this way. Even though it's karma that's coming back to them, you know, the person or the people who have done you wrong, it's also a lesson. Everything that happens, whether it's, um, whether it's karmic energy or not, or whether someone is just going through something, it will always be a case where God is showing you a lesson. The universe is giving you a lesson. There is a beautiful deer in my backyard, you guys. I am so sorry, but I have never seen a deer in my backyard. Oh, it's so beautiful. I have never seen it. I have never seen it. It just got done raining as well, you guys. Um, One thing I can honestly say is that usually when it rains where I live and it's not in the forecast... It's always correlated to if I've cried earlier, like if I've had a really, really, really big cry earlier or if I feel really emotional or have had a, you know, um, you know, just an emotional moment. It rains and it's so crazy. It happens every time I always go outside and collect rainwater and put it on my altar to, um, you know, dedicate it to my ancestors. Um, but anyways, so back to what I was saying. So let me let me go ahead and sip some more. Let me get personal. Oh, freak. I'm trying not to say the other F word so much because I know I got people who listen to my podcast who don't like the curse often. So for me personally, I have been, as a Scorpio son, I have dealt with a lot of death and rebirth processes, death and rebirth moments in my life, many of them. You know, um, a lot of people have in general. Um, But the reason why I mentioned that I'm a Scorpio and that I've done uh, dealt with it a lot is because Scorpios are used to it. We're more welcoming of the death and rebirth process. We kind of just kind of breeze through it, which is why we have so many, whereas other people don't necessarily, you know, take to it so well. And we don't either sometimes, but we're used to it, you know. So I have definitely been to the underworld when it comes to situations going on in my life. And when I say the underworld, um, you know, I, I did the Scorpio thing where I just kind of don't talk to people a lot and kind of deal with situations. And and until I get my mind and my spirit right, that's when I reach back out and, you know, let people know that I appreciate them for calling me. And I apologize that I have been absent and, that I've gone ghost, you know, things like that. And I have a reason for it. It's because it's, it is a lot of stuff going on in my life. Um, it's some, it's certain changes that I'm preparing for that I'm not going to mention on this pod. Um, the people who know me personally, um, like my family, they, they know, but um, it's some changes that are going to be made based off of events that have led me to become extremely emotional and in my feels. And when I mean emotional and in my feels, I mean complete endings of certain things. But during this process, um, I've definitely developed, um, endured a type of spiritual awakening. Okay. And the thing is that what people don't understand about a uh, spiritual awakening is that it is not a pretty process. I repeat, it is not a pretty process. It's not about, it's not always about like, you know, 
uh, raising your, I mean, it is about raising your consciousness, but it's not always about like developing abilities, spiritual abilities, and, you know, seeing everything as rainbows and flowers and unicorns and things like that. It's, it's hard. Going through a spiritual awakening is hard. It's lonely. Um, you cry a lot. You go through emotions. Like, um, the last three times that I have taken my spiritual baths, I literally cried my eyes out. I screamed. I banged the walls. I was tired. I was through. I did not like the feeling. I was talking to my inner child. I was yelling at my shadow self. Like it was just so much going on. And in that process, I had to purge. I had to purge all of the negative negativity. And you know what? When we say negative and positive, I'm going to stop using those words. I'm going to start I'm going to start saying um light energy and dark energy and you know what there's nothing wrong with dark energy people like especially in the christian faith um people have always told me or people would always uh, spread the idea that dark energy is a bad thing it's not it is a part of you your shadow self is a part of you that side of you that shadow side of you that society shuns away that's a part of you and you have to learn how to work with your shadow self to awaken. The light doesn't exist without the dark. It does not. And the dark doesn't exist without the light. It's like the, it's like the image of yin and yang. Um, there's the white side with the dark in the middle, light side with the dark in the middle, and then there's the dark side with the light in the middle. It's, they, they both contain a little part of each other which means that people who are light beings have some darkness and people who are dark beings have some light but with the yin and yang it actually shows that there is a whole balance to become there is a balance to become whole there is a balance to become whole so with that being said let me sip real quick spiritual awakening is not all love and light and i'm getting tired of people saying that they actually need to call it instead of a spiritual awakening they need to call it a raise of consciousness because in a spiritual awakening it's like you first go through and in not in this order but you go through um you know uh realizing that a lot of stuff in reality is a whole lie like when it comes to not just religion but just things in general like the things that you've been taught to believe is a lie and that kind of leads you to kind of feeling a little lost you know you you, you kind of get lost in the sauce when it comes to awakening your spirit your your spirit is trying to literally lead you to the right direction but your flesh your your physical body tries to keep you being your old self the self that is people pleasing the self that um accepts when a narcissist treats you, mistreats you accepts um the comfort zone you know and it's so funny because sometimes the comfort zone can be your enemy right? The comfort zone can be your enemy. So being in a situation with like a narcissist or an abuser or things like that, like sometimes that's comfort, that's comforting for people to stay in a situation with that person. It is, unfortunately, but it is, it's true. Okay. And, and I'm going to break down like the whole thing with narcissism a little bit later in this episode. But, um, uh, another aspect of spiritual awakening is kind of unlearning certain religious, um, and, and like I said, I'm not saying religion is bad, but unlearning certain, um, horrifying aspects of religion. Like, uh, for example, um, instead of there being a balance between the divine masculine and divine feminine, um, in a lot of religions, the, the masculine energy is the head. And that's not true. 
the masculine energy is not it's not just a leader it's not feminine energy is actually very scary you know that's that's one of the reasons why what's currently going on in the world right now the masculine energy is trying to literally cover up the feminine energy is trying to overpower the feminine energy because masculine energy um toxic masculine energy knows that feminine energy is scary as hell feminine energy is scary as hell but anyway going back to spiritual awakening um and then um you may also endure um just kind of like hopelessness the dark night of the soul like feeling like you don't have any kind of purpose feeling like you your spirit is not your your spirit is trying to raise its conscious uh, its vibration to a higher state so when you're when you're in a when you're in a physical body that wants to stay in the comfort zone it's a battle and it makes you literally be, it it puts you into the state where you become extremely emotional extremely in your feels sometimes you may feel a little depressed like you may feel depressed high anxiety all of that and then finally just it's almost like the stages of grief it's it's very much so like the stages of grief and when I say like accepting of this awakening you kind of you know accept that you know Excuse me, y'all, I'm burping. <laughs> you kind of accept that, you know, a lot of things are not as they seem in reality. And you do a lot more soul searching, a lot more research, a lot more learning, a lot more being connected to the, you know, connected to nature. And I'm not, I'm not saying the world, I mean to nature, connected to spiritual aspects because everything on this planet has energy, even rocks, even trees, like Y'all act like trees don't speak back. Y'all act like trees don't have emotions. Have you guys seen those videos on TikTok? And I'm not saying all of them are real, but like a lot of videos in TikTok, they've been showing tree, you know, them speaking to trees and the trees um, lowering the branches to literally touch these people on the shoulder when they ask the tree to touch them. Trees have energy. They have spirit. They have feelings. Okay. So anyway, um back to what I was talking about when it comes to like narcissism like um what did I say I was going to talk about when it comes to narcissism give me a second I'm going to puff um I said that I was going to mention if I don't remember it in this podcast episode I'm going to listen to this episode and then make another episode about it Oh yeah, now I remember. And as soon as I remembered, the time literally said two, 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 two. Thank you. Thank you, spirit. So anyways, um, how do you know that you are being manipulated by a narcissist? Okay. I've done a little bit of research on why people stay in relationships when like with a narcissist. And then maybe on another episode, I might talk about the things that they say and thing and go go into detail from because I've been reading a lot of books, you guys. Let me sip. So how do you know? So one thing a narcissist will do is be inconsistent with how they talk to you. Arika, what the hell are you talking about? I am talking about one moment they are sweet and nice to you and are having a nice conversation in the next moment they say all kinds of condescending things okay for example if you're in a relationship with a narcissist if you're married to a narcissist if you have a friendship to a narcissist this pertains to you okay so for example you could be having a conversation with that person. I'm going to just say that person because I'm not going to say like husband, wife, or friend, or boyfriend. You know, I'm not going to do that. This person. Okay, you're having a conversation with this person. And 
you do something. It's it starts off as something that you do that pisses them off. That is kind of like not necessarily out of pocket, but just kind of like okay, maybe I shouldn't have shouldn't have done that. Okay, and they get upset about that, and then they start talking to you any kind of way, almost like you don't know the person, right? Like, where did this person come from? And then, of course, there's an argument, a horrifying argument. Sometimes this person will not let you speak. Sometimes this person will not um, allow you to finish your sentences or will talk over you, like during the argument or during the disagreement. Okay. And then they get you to apologize. (laughs) Or you may be used to apologizing so much that you apologize automatically. And this person may or may not stop arguing with you to the point where they're arguing with themselves, right? And it's just like, damn, don't do that again. You know, you're like, okay, don't do that again. Don't do that again. The next time around, you, uh, no, 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 before I get to that. Um, And then the next day or two, you know, You guys may have a conversation and then um, that person may apologize to you for going off on you like that. Or they might have a conversation with you that's so fucking regular, almost like they didn't forgot about how they spoke to you the day before. Right. Okay. Next situation. You do something that's really not out of pocket. You know, um, you know, I'm trying to think of an example, like for Excuse me. Like, for example, you might have locked the door knowing that that person doesn't like the door lock, but you accidentally like forgot to unlock it before the person comes in the house and they get onto you about that. Start saying condescending things again. And this time the condescending things are worse than before because they're used to um, talking to you that way. And then, of course, you try to defend yourself and like saying, you know, saying something like this is the first time that I've done it in a while. And they might lie, you know, and they might be like, "Okay, but I've talked to you about this before. Why did you do it? You know, why did you do it? Why didn't you remember? You know, I come home from work, you know, this day, you know, that day, whatever the hell, whatever, you know. And then, of course. Um, you feel bad and it's like, damn, you know, this person did talk to me about it. Why did I do it? Okay. And you apologize again. And that person feels happy that you apologize. And then like later on that day, or maybe later the next day, the person doesn't even apologize to you. They just talk to you like a regular conversation and be like, you know, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Do you want me to get you this? Like, um, you know, I'm about to go get, you know, pick up something to eat. Do you want something? You know, doing nice gestures, right? And it kind of puts your brain in this mode like, okay, <sighs> he hurt me or she hurt me yesterday by saying all this shit, like saying all this stuff that's really, really fucked up. But maybe I'm overreacting because now they're picking up food for me or they're going shopping for me or, you know, things like that. Okay. A little bit more down the line, it becomes more of a pattern. And this time, let me sip. This time, um, the person, um, I'm trying to say something that's extremely small. This time around, um, you do something extremely small. So small that you don't even think is a problem. And it wasn't even something that's like discussed. And and, and it's not a problem. Like for um, example, you go out to the gas station or whatever. Um, and you have on some shorts. Okay. Or you have on something that your friend, if you want to put it in a friendship way, you have something that your friend doesn't like you to wear. Okay. And then they say something about it. And then you clearly see that there's nothing wrong with what you have on. So you actually fight back. You argue back. You defend yourself and say, this is, you know, I'm not in the wrong this time. I am not in the wrong. Like, what's wrong with my outfit? 
And they may say something like, oh, your ass is showing. Or if it's a friend, they might say something like, um, you know, uh, I have something in my closet like that. You know, uh, I, I don't appreciate you wearing it. You know, like you're trying to dress like me. You know, I'm just saying some bullshit, but please follow with me. And then once you defend yourself, it becomes another argument. And then the argument becomes super heated, heated because you clearly don't see that you did anything wrong. You clearly see that you did nothing wrong. So when they start seeing that you see that you did nothing wrong, they raise their voice more. They cut you off more in the conversation. They um, don't let you speak. Um, they start like making fun of you, like mocking you and stuff with the things that you say. They get mad that you, you know, that you're literally talking back. Like, I am going to stay in my ground. I did nothing wrong. And then like they get to the point where they literally drain your, start draining your energy and they become a super energy vampire. They were already an energy vampire, but they become a super energy vampire, right? So you get tired and they see that you get tired. Trust me, a narcissist will see you getting tired in an argument and they will feed off of you getting tired. Okay. So you finally give up in the argument and be like, what the hell do you want me to do? And that person will tell you what they, uh, they want you to do. They might tell you to go change clothes. They might tell you to, you know, uh, you know, put on something different, whatever the hell. But they're going to tell you what they want. And then, you know, you're going to be like, fine, I'll go change clothes. Like, I'll change clothes this time, but whatever. Like, you, it's, at this point, it's not even important enough argument for, for you to keep going. So you actually go upstairs to change clothes, Okay. So once you go upstairs and change clothes, you go to the gas station and get what you need. But you're just too tired at this point to where you honestly don't even feel like going. You might lay back down, right? And then the narcissist is like, why are you, you know, laying back down? Why are you doing this? And then you're just like, you're just too tired. Like after that whole argument, you're tired. And then they're just like, okay, well, do you want me to go get it? You know, they, they offer to be nice. And then you're just like, fine, I don't care. You know, that's just another example. And then later on down the line, it gets worse. Okay. You are to the point to where you start defending yourself and you start finding it comical. Like their behavior is comical. And then the behavior that you do that they don't like is actually so insignificant. It's microscopic, right? So let's just say in this case... You, um, you're at work, like you have a job that requires you to communicate with your coworkers, especially, you know, your supervisors or whatever, um, that friend or that person, your person, I'm going to just say your person gets upset that you get a text message from your coworker telling you what time you have to be at work the next day. Okay. That is required. You know, that is that is some that is something that you're required to know. And then you're you know, they get upset with you, they start an argument, and you're like, Why are we even arguing? This is my job. This is job related. Why are you arguing about something it being, you know, my job? And then the narcissist is like, They shouldn't be texting you what time to come to work at this time of night. Why they're texting you at this time of night? And then you're steadily trying to tell them it's my job. Like it's, it's someone for my job. They have to tell me what time to come in, you know, like what's the issue. And then they would just be like, the issue is them texting you at this time of night. And it's not even late at night. It's probably like six o'clock or seven o'clock in the afternoon, but they're just upset that someone else is texting you or uh, someone else has your attention regarding something important. So of course that becomes an argument, right? We all know where this is going. So you're used to being cut across. You're used to being cut off. You're used to not having your statements finished. Okay. Um, so it becomes completely comical. And then the narcissist gets mad when you're laughing at them. Okay. This is, this is another level. All right. I'm, I'm not saying this just to say this. I'm saying this because there is level to this BS. Right. 
<laughs> so, um, so in the argument, it starts to get to the point where that person is arguing with themselves. And then to the point that no matter what you say, you can even say it's, it's to this point till you can even tell that person that you agree with them and they still get mad. And it's like, okay. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I want you to understand that what you're doing hurts. And then it's like, okay. All right. And then it's just like, you don't, at this point, you don't even apologize. But they ask you for apologies often. They ask you, could, can you apologize? Could you do this? They make you seem like you're wrong. Okay. So where I'm going with this, <laughs> this is, this is, this is a lot, right? This is a lot to handle. I know some of you guys who may listen to this, um, I hope it doesn't trigger you. It's a lot. So this goes back to the whole Saturn retrograde thing. A lot of people have been dealing with um I'm so sorry you guys my ADHD is like really really bad like I see the same deer and you don't understand like I have never seen a deer in my backyard before like I don't know I almost want to think that it's a good omen especially after the rain but anyways um when it goes to Saturn return like this just goes back to see if you've been abused if you've been mistreated by someone who is very narcissistic literally someone and and sometimes someone that you're dealing with could be so narcissistic that it seems like they literally purchased the official book for narcissists and read every single page and that's how their behavior reflects it so um so absolutely like if you're going through that just understand that in this Saturn return those people that have wronged you and that have treated you this way will definitely either have someone that comes into their lives that treats them this way or that um whether it's a relationship whether it's their job whether it's whatever but another thing that you have to understand is that narcissists never really heal never really have healed from their childhood trauma A narcissist will make themselves the victim in every way, shape, or form. Okay? Um, and, and it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. There are people who have left friendships and relationships and marriages from narcissists feeling like that they were the problem. Feeling like that they were the narcissists. When in reality that narcissists made them feel like that okay so let me go ahead into the science of it why do people feel like that they should not leave a relationship marriage or a friendship um with a narcissist okay so basically the examples that i gave um actually correlates with what i'm about to say okay A narcissist knows that when they mistreat you, when they abuse you, when they manipulate you, they know to do something extremely beautiful, extremely nice, extremely like selfless in another time, like the next day or, or, you know, after an argument so that it can seem like you're the crazy one, okay? Like, for example, they may act like, you know, um, they may say the condescending things, they may abuse you, manipulate you, and, goodness, excuse me, and then the next day, they'll buy you flowers, they'll take you out to dinner, they'll bring you things, they'll start, like, treating you good, like, and, you know, talking nice. They change the tone of their voice, they change they completely do uh, 
a, fuck, a fucking three. I'm not even gonna say 360. I'm gonna say 180 because it's the other side of the spectrum. Okay, so and then it confuses you. It really does make you feel like you're the problem, like I'm overreacting, and that actually relates to what goes on in your brain. Okay, so when you're dealing with the narcissist, they manipulate, abuse, and mistreat you so much that your brain actually allows the person to become numb of the shit that they've been put through because of the nice things that they do right after. And the thing is that the reason why you become numb is because when that narcissist do um do the nice things to you your your brain actually releases some type of serotonin some type of oxytocin to make you feel good when they do that it makes you feel really good it makes you feel it, it gives you that rush of just like happiness to the point that you can't live without it so that when they do um fuck up and mistreat you again you're finally numb to it because it's like after this i'm gonna get my my fix of oxytocin i'm gonna get you know they're gonna come back around and be nice and then i'm gonna feel like i overreacted no that they know to do that they know to do that they know how to make you feel sorry for them as well like um they'll sometimes they'll even tell you a story or something about what happened to them during their childhood when in reality you have to understand that that person is an adult they have to learn to work on the process of healing themselves from their childhood traumas Every, uh, most people in this world nowadays have some type of childhood trauma i'm just saying um but that person will make it seem like that they are the only person in the relationship that went through something. You can literally like that person can literally betray your trust by doing some type of, um, you know, abuse, physical abuse, infidelity, whatever. But they will still make themselves seem like that they are the victim. You know why? Because they're narcissists. They know how to do that and they know how to get inside your mind get inside your brain to make you feel good once they treat you good it's kind of like makeup sex <laughs> sip something um one of my favorite podcasters say that as well um but no seriously drink whatever you have um hold on real quick I have to readjust you guys. I'm sorry. I'm 33 years old, so I have to like literally readjust on my bed. Okay. But anyways, um back to what I was saying. Yes, like it's actually a pattern that they know how to fucking do. They uh it's a pattern that they do and it's something that they're really good at. A narcissist will also make you feel abandoned so that when um, when they come around, they'll make you feel like they're the only person that you need. They'll gain your trust um, in terms of thinking that um, letting you think that they'll take care of you. And they kind of isolate you from your family members as well and your friends. Um, as a matter of fact, sometimes they'll get mad when you spend time with your friends <laughs> or family. You know, it's, it's it's really it's really a toxic cycle. But going back to the makeup sex, it's like makeup sex. When a person when two people argue, man or woman, man or man, woman or woman, um, trans woman or man, you know, a trans man or woman, you know, whatever. No discrimination. When there's an issue in the relationship, of course, it's, you know, the cards are laid out on the table, whether through an argument, through fighting, whatever, physical fighting, things like that. 
And then like afterwards, sometimes like that passion, like passion is basically a mixture between like anger and love. Right. That's how I look at it. That's why um, the planet of Mars rules over Aries and Scorpio. Um, Those two signs are literally about passion. Right. Um, But like after the argument or whatever, or after whatever that's going on, sometimes people um, fight with each other until they fuck. Make up sex and it releases that good old serotonin, uh, serotonin, serotonin, you know, those good old endorphins that all of that. And then afterwards, it's just like, I love you. I love you. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that to an extent. But as long as there's like no, no type of like horrifying physical beating each other up type shit, then it's sexy. Okay. Um, Pain and pleasure literally um, operate over the same senses. Uh, are the uh, operate over the same um, sensors when it comes to the brain. Uh, so it's it it makes a lot of sense when people want to bite their lip during sex, or people like their back to get scratched during sex, or people like to get fucked hard. You know. But going back to saying that, I mean, going back to what I was saying. Um. It's a correlation, like pain and pleasure, pain and pleasure. You know, it's definitely a correlation. So a narcissist knows that they want you to, you know, and sometimes like, you know, when they're not able to have, when a narcissist is unable to have sex, um, like when they're away from you and they can't have sex with you or something like that, they're going to argue with you because that's their way of releasing any kind of whatever. Okay. So just understand <laughs> um for you for those of you who are in a relationship or a friendship or a marriage where you uh, where you're dealing with that type of person just understand that you're not in the wrong, okay? Just understand that it's okay to care about your safety. It's okay to care about your mental health. It's okay to protect your energy. Because like um, I said on one of my TikTok videos, nobody owns you. It doesn't matter if they're married to you or not. Sip with me on that. No motherfucking body owns you. Repeat after me. Nobody owns you. You are a spiritual being living a human experience. And yes, you guys are probably like, okay, well, I'm married. You know, that person, you know, to the, no, there's nothing wrong with not being, like not betraying each other. But I'm talking about when it comes to owning you, that person that you're married to, or you're in a relationship with, or that you're, especially if you're just in a relationship or a friendship with, like that person does not own you. That person does not own you. You can cut ties with that person really. Now, if you're in a marriage, that person still doesn't own you. Yes, there are there are vows. Yes, there are uh, vows that you have to keep sacred. Um, but there are situations when, you know, one of the individuals in a marriage breaks the vow. And that alone should definitely show you that nobody owns some that nobody owns anybody okay now i'm not saying breaking the vow is something that you should do but if you are in a situation where you're with a with someone who makes you feel like you should not betray them in any kind of way and make you feel like you're constantly doing let me okay, let me rephrase that. If you're with someone, if you're married to someone who makes you feel like that you're constantly doing something wrong when in reality they're actually doing something wrong behind your back, you're not the problem. Okay? You're not the problem. That per, you know, married people create vows for a reason. And when those vows are not followed, 
and someone breaks the trust. The person who literally stays faithful, you're not the problem no matter what. Okay? You're not the problem um, if you're dealing with a narcissist. And that person makes you feel like that you're the problem and that they're the victim. You're not the problem. You're not the problem. Repeat after me. You're not the problem. Nobody owes you anything. This is why black. Um, what am I about to say? This is why people in general, women in general, women nowadays, they are not dealing with the BS. They're not dealing with the BS of anybody like they don't deal with that stinky ass narcissistic energy now. You know, um, you got women out here and men, men too. Let me stop. Women, women and men out here that are not accepting the bare minimum from anybody and that are not accepted having someone talk to them any kind of way, being condescending. And I'm and, and it's just like, you know, why be that way? If you're supposed to love me, why are you condescending? You know, why are you getting mad at every little thing that I do? Like, why are you making yourself seem like you're the victim when you're hurting me as well? Like, you need to feel, you know, you need to heal some of those traumas that you're dealing with, you know? And another thing, never be in a relationship with somebody or a marriage with somebody and you don't have some type of independence for yourself. Okay? Make sure that you have some type of independence for yourself, like whether you're working or not, like don't ever get married to somebody and they they tell you that they're going to take care of you unless you have a sugar daddy. <laughs> That's different. You know, you know, if you have a sugar daddy, by all means, have that take care of you. But if you are just like in a marriage that you know it's an equal partnership because everything is an equal partnership nowadays if you don't think that something is an equal partnership you need to go to hell but um like if you're in a marriage and you know it's equal partnership never let one person make the money in the relationship never do that never do that never do that i'm gonna keep saying that never 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 do that i'm yelling at you because i love you don't do that unless you want a sugar daddy or a sugar mama Okay, and even then have a backup plan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I'm about to end this podcast episode because I have been talking for over 50 minutes. And um, yeah, it did not seem like that long at all. Okay, so um, I'm gonna go ahead and end this podcast episode. I'm sorry, I sipped some of my nice juice. But um you know, you guys have a good rest of the night. I hope this was a learning experience and I hope that this was a little bit entertaining. Um, you know, and I hope this was very informal for some of you, um, ladies and gentlemen out there. Uh, I love you and you guys have a good rest of the night. I'm out. It's Saturday. I'm gonna watch Netflix, um, burn some incense, burn some sage and order me something to eat. (laughs) Peace.